The title of my message this afternoon is The Power and Problem of the Tongue. The Power and Problem of the Tongue. I've always said that not everybody who grows old grows up. There is a vast difference between age and maturity. Ideally, the older we are, the more mature we should be. But too often, the ideal does not become the real. The result is problems. Problems in our marriages, problems in our relationships, problems in our homes, problems in our finances, problems in friendships, and yes, even problems in churches. Problems in these areas are caused by immaturity more than by anything else, believe it or not. If Christians would just grow up, they would become victors instead of victims. The epistle of James was written to help us understand and attain spiritual maturity. James is seeing all the craziness that's going on. And this was back then. This was back then. So his writings still are relevant to us. You want to know why they're relevant to us? Because still today there are Christians doing crazy stuff. And so James is giving us instructions on how to become mature Christians. He says in James chapter 1 verse 4, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Now the word perfect here doesn't mean perfect the way you and I understand the word perfect. We can never be perfect. The word perfect here means to be mature, to, to reach a level of maturity in your Christian journey is what he's saying here. There are folks in church who have reached that spiritual maturity where they know how to behave, how to say certain things, when to say, when not to say. Now, in the first week, Pastor Gabby taught and we learned about trials and temptations and how to react and how or what to do and not to do during trials and temptations. In the second week, Pastor Norby uh, and Pastor, uh, well, that was in the Spanish, in the English, Pastor John, he spoke about favoritism, forbidden, and how to love everybody, regardless whether they're rich, poor, black, white, whether they're cute, ugly, skinny, fat. Yellow, green, one eye, two eyes, three eyes, it doesn't matter. We ought to love everybody and treat everybody the same way. We can't have favoritism in the body of Christ. Because we're all children of God. In the third week, Pastor Gabby, again, spoke about the three kinds of faith. And in that, James made it clear that genuine faith works. If God has changed your heart through the new birth, the saving faith that he granted to you will inevitably 
show itself in a life of good deeds. In other words, you can't say that you have the Christian faith, but you do nothing to show faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like you saying that you're a boxer and you never boxed in your life. Your record is O and O. And you've been saying that you've been a boxer for 10 years. Oh, I've been boxing. How long? For 10 years. Well, what's your record? Oh, and oh. Right away, there's a red flag, wouldn't you say? You would right away know something's wrong with this guy. Something ain't adding up. It's oh, and oh. But he's a boxer. Same thing with the Christian. So you say, I'm a Christian. But you don't show, your faith don't show anything. You don't do anything by faith. You don't sow a seed with your money by faith. Everything you do should be by faith. And so Pastor Gabby delved on this and he dissected this and it was a powerful, powerful word. Now, today, James transitions to addressing a little red muscle. There's a little red muscle that lies in your mouth. That has created a lot of drama for people. A little red muscle called the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 speaks about it. And it says about that little, that little red muscle that there is power in that thing to produce death or life. Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What an incredible statement. It says that power of life and death is in what you say. Now, y'all know that this crowd here in the 1130 service, y'all know this already. Y'all know that some of y'all kill people with things you've said. Some of y'all have encouraged folks. Some of y'all have spoken words of encouragement and life over people. What comes out of your mouth has the capacity and potential of either speaking life or death. Some marriages have not survived because some folks couldn't shut their mouth down. Some kids have grown up. Some of y'all are adults today and you still have self-image problems because your parents never spoke life or words of affirmation over your life. Some kids, some of you are raising kids to be devastated because you don't know how to say anything positive about them. You keep feeding them bad things about them and to them and then we wonder why they grow up to be nothing. And they grow up to be, they don't grow up to be what God intended for them to be. You want to know why? Because the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Did you know that children are like wet cement? Whatever falls on them leaves an impression. 
So if you're raising up kids, I'm no expert and I'm nobody to tell you how to raise your kids. The one thing I can tell you, I can tell you what the Word of God says. I can tell you that your words can cripple or can produce life in your child's life. What you say to your child matters. That means, now, now, now the text goes on to, to say something else, which is very interesting. Read along with me. The words you speak bring life in. And the scripture goes on to say this. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Ooh. Well, y'all ain't going to like me after this. I, I'm going to have to close this up real early. I'm going to have to go running. You know what that means? And those who love it will eat its fruit. That means that whatever comes out of your mouth, you will bear the consequences of it, and you will eat the fruit of what you said. If your marriage doesn't last because you, you kept running your mouth and talking negative, you will have to eat the fruit of the consequences of that. If your children never grow up to be anything that they ought to be and could be because you never spoke any encouraging words to them, you will find yourself reaping the fruit of them coming back home or in many cases, never leaving home. Or worst case scenario, living a life apart from Christ in darkness without faith and hope. Because how can they see mommy and poppy coming to church? Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Oh, you idiot. You're never going to come up to be nothing. Oh, geez, I love you. There's a conflict. There's a conflict that is brewing in the heart of this child. And it is a doorway for demon spirits to come in and destroy the life of this child. Even more scarier is what Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 says. Matthew 12 36, you could just write this down. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in judgment day. Yo, that's scary. Everything you said, you will have to give an account on judgment. Every negative word, every curse word. How many here are in the cursing ministry? Let me see your hands. Come on now. Y'all know, know when you're when you on I-4 or you are on that turnpike and they cut you up, you're not singing, Lord, I bless your name on high. And you ain't sending them to heaven either. Let's be real here tonight. Come on now. For every word, that's scary. There's a problem, folks. There is a problem. What is the problem? The problem is we have problems with our tongues. Anyone in here ever said something in which you've never said it? <laughs> I think all of us have experienced that. We've all said things that we wished we never said. And right now, a lot of y'all thinking about some, some situations you've been in. Right now, you're like, oh, they, I remember that time. Hmm. Like, like if your wife, she comes, you come home, tired from work, long day, you come hungry, she serves you a plate of some rice and beans, some bitten cebollado. I don't even know how to, how to say that in English. 
it doesn't sound good in English, right? It sounds better in Spanish. Right? And you take that little knife and you go like this and it tastes dry. You're like. See, a mature man, a mature man would taste that dry steak and be like, good God, woman. This is one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. This is delicious. Thank you, honey. Oh, it tastes good. Now, some of y'all sitting there say, yeah, but Ariel, that's lying. No, the Bible says call those things that are not as though they were. <laughs> a wise, mature Christian will speak it by faith. Can I get a witness? <laughs> How's the steak? Girl, you go with your past health. This steak is slamming. By faith. Call those things that are not as though they were. That's a wise, mature man. And that's how you avoid problems. You live the word. You live that word. You stand by that word. Listen, let me tell you. Children, a great example of the tongue being loose is children. You know, children have no filters. How many know that? If you have kids and you've raised kids, you had to at least gone through one embarrassing moment in your life with your child. I mean, I got so many stories with my daughters. I, every time I go out with my daughters, I'm nervous. I'm nervous, folks, because they tend to say things that are unpredictable. No matter how much I threaten them with my face, don't you open your mouth. Don't you open your mouth when we go to the party. Okay, papi. And they always do. I remember one time I was in Walmart. I'm shopping, minding my own business. My oldest daughter, she was younger back then. I'm minding my own business with my little shopping cart. Oh, look, shampoo. And I keep on going. All of a sudden, I saw a woman by the corner of my eye passing me by in the other end of the aisle. It was a woman that was dressed with the wardrobe from the, she was a Muslim woman from the Middle East. She was all in black. You could only see her eyes. I didn't think anything of it. I'm minding my own business in Walmart. I'm shopping. My daughter's behind me. She goes, Papi, look, a ninja. I was like, oh my God. I start zigzagging all over Walmart. My daughter chased him. She goes, Papi, where you? I said, Girl, I don't know you. I don't know you. My daughter almost got me killed in Walmart. It's so interesting. You spend the first two years of your child's life teaching them to talk. And the next 16, trying to get them to shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut it all. Shut it for you. Hispanic parents, we're so exaggerated, right? Clean those dishes. If not, you're coming out of my house. Mom, it's just dishes. I don't care. If you and I are serious 
about walking with God and serving God, then priority number one must be speaking life. Speaking words that heal and not hurt. James says that if we don't properly use our tongue, then our religion is worthless. He uses some strong language here. I'm just the messenger. I'm just going down the line of what he's saying. These are not my words. This is his words. It's a strong statement. James is trying to drive home how serious this matter is. James wants us to understand just how destructive and nullifying the tongue can be. The negative influence of the tongue can undo and override an otherwise godly life. So let's spend a few minutes, if you will. I'm not going to take too much time. But while I have you here, bam, I'm just going to hit you one time upside your head. And then it's going to go home. You're going to spend a few minutes considering the points of James. Chapter 3, verses 2 to 12. If you have your apps, your Bible, whatever it is that you use to look into Scripture, open it up. James chapter 3. Verses 2 to 12. I'm not even going to read. I'm just going to go right into it. Just the, the, for a week. Look at verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. All of us, all of us stumble in some areas. All of us. Okay? Every single person in here stumble in some ways. That's what James is saying. But look what he says. Anyone who never, who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Now what is the word perfect here? Mature. That's what he's saying. He's saying we all struggle in a lot of areas. However, anyone who never who is never at fault, who knows how to keep his tongue in check, that person has found maturity in this Christian journey. And that's what he wants us to strive for, because it can be done. Able to keep their whole body in check. So if you can keep your tongue in check, you can keep your body in check. The problem some of you have with trying to keep your bodies in check, it's just that you have a very loose tongue. You speak whatever comes to your mind. And you're probably sitting there saying, well, well I'm real. I keep it real. I speak my mind. I speak the truth. Yeah, well, the Bible says that a fool speaks his mind. My grandma said, if you ever going to start a fight, you might as well throw the first punch. That's what the Bible says. A fool speaks his mind. You can't just speak whatever comes to your mind without no filter. That's the very reason you get into all sorts of trouble. That's the very reason you find the hole that you find yourself in today. He says, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. The reason you can't control your body is because you cannot control your tongue. So first James says that the tongue is small but powerful. The tongue is small but powerful. James perfectly illustrates his point with three common realities that we can all relate to. First, he reminds us of the fact that very large horses are controlled by a very small bit. As you know, horses are incredibly strong. They're huge. They weigh about 2,000 pounds. Yet even a small child can control and direct the horse by the small bit that is placed in a horse's mouth. I took my girls not so long ago. They went horse riding for the first time. 
I couldn't believe I was nervous. They weren't nervous. They were excited. I'm over here like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the woman's like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. They're going to do just fine. In my mind, I was like, shut up, woman. Shut up. These are my children. And they got up on that horse, big old horse, my little girl. And I couldn't believe it. They went this way. The horse went this way. They pulled this way, and it went that way. They pulled back, and the horse stopped. And they never rode a horse before. Why? The little small bit in the mouth controls the whole body of the horse. James uses that illustration to tell us how powerful the tongue can be. Controls the whole body of a horse. That even a child can control that. That's the second one, the second principle, or the, the illustration that he points out is that a large ship is steered by a small rudder. Now, some of you have been in the Navy, you've been in the military, you've been in big ships, you know how big a ship can be and how heavy it is. So he uses this illustration. And some of you have been on cruise ships. Right now, Pastor Gabby, he's on a cruise ship. They're chilling, eating up a storm. They're in a big cruise ship. Now, you know a cruise ship has thousands of people. It has all these cabins. It's just huge. Yet, James says that big, heavy ship, okay, let's say, look at the size from where Brother Wayne is in the corner, those stairs, all the way to these stairs. Let's say this was a big ship. Do you know the size of the rudder that controls it is about this size? The rudder is this size. It's small, but powerful. Your tongue is small, but powerful. It can steer a lot of things in different directions. Right direction or wrong direction. The third picture he knows we will understand is the fact that a small spark can start a large fire. And we all know, we all have heard of wildfires getting out of control. So what is James' point? What is James trying to say? The tongue is only a small part of the body, but it causes all kinds of trouble. It can and does destroy reputations. It has destroyed families. It has destroyed businesses, marriages, friendships, and yes, even churches. That's the point that James is making. The second pronouncement that James makes about the tongue is that the tongue is uncontrollably dangerous. It's dangerous. Again, James returns to the illustration of fire. It only takes a small spark, but once a fire gets going, it is almost impossible to stop. I remember reading about the fire. It came out all over the news some time ago in California, you know, they get a lot of wildfires over there. And I don't know if you, you remember this one, but there was a small spark. It started by, I think it was like a little cigarette. A little cigarette. You know how big the fire was? It was over 14,000 acres of fire through a little cigarette. And it took 1,350 firefighters to tame it. Listen, 
once you release that word out of your mouth, you can't take it back. The damage has been done is what James is trying to tell us. So you really got to consider the power of the tongue. James mentions the fact that we have tamed many kinds of wild animals. And we all enjoy seeing them at the circus. Whether it's a tiger or elephant. You ever been to the circus? It's amazing, right? How a man can go like this with a little stick to a big, the, the biggest, most powerful animal out there, elephant. And yet, with a little stick, the elephant goes like this. He'll go down. He'll put up his little trunk. And one man is controlling and taming this one big animal. Have you seen when they open the lion's mouth and they put their head right inside there? I'm not going to do that. But men do that. How many of y'all been to Gatorland? Uh, y'all seen, y'all been when they start wrestling with the, with the alligator? And they say, who wants to volunteer? I'm like, what? The devil is a liar. No way I'm getting in there. And then you see you little kid, yeah, I'll volunteer, I'll volunteer. <laughs> men can tame animals. These dangerous animals, men can tame it. James is saying they can tame them, but yet we cannot tame our tongues. We can tame elephants, tigers, lions, but we can't tame our tongues. Some people, he said, he goes on to say, he said, we can tame them, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Some of you are poisoning yourself with the words that are coming out of your mouth. Some of you are poisoning your marriages, your relationships, your friendships. You're messing it all up. And let me tell you, the poison might not kill people immediately, but it's killing them slowly. Everything that comes out of your mouth that is not heaven sent is killing people. You can't allow your emotions to speak for you. You cannot allow the situations around you, no matter how bad things are getting around your life, you cannot allow your emotions to dictate what comes out of your mouth. You cannot because it's going to get you in trouble. Nobody wants to be around a poisonous person. You ever been around somebody who's always spewing poison? Oh, I don't know why they're doing it like this. And I can't stand my job. Oh, my boss, I can't stand him. I can't believe it. I got to do this. Oh, man, I don't feel well. I'm sick. I, like, oh, man, shut up. Everything that comes out of their mouth is negative, negative, negative. And then they wonder why they're always sick. They wonder why nobody wants to be their friends. They wonder why nobody wants to be around them. Nobody wants, why? Because everything that comes out of your mouth is negative. It's poison. Nobody wants that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can always identify someone who is stuck in an outdated offense. Because their bitterness speaks volume. Some of you are bitter because of what somebody did to you 15 years ago. And sometimes that person's already dead and you're still bitter. And you're still speaking and speaking bitter. Did you know that hurt people hurt people? How many know that? Hurt people hurt people. Whenever you're around somebody and they're always talking negative about other people, 
is because they've been hurt and they haven't been healed. Some of y'all need some healing this afternoon. We have to learn how to speak life. Remember the prophet Ezekiel? God shows him a valley of dead bones, dried bones. God tells Ezekiel, what do you see? I see a valley of dried bones. Speak to them. Speak life. Tell them to come back to life. And Ezekiel stands there in the middle of the dried bones and say, bones, come back to life. And what happened? They came back to life. You got to learn how to prophesy with your tongue. You got to learn how to speak life in a dead situation. You got to look at your situation, and although it looks dead, you got to quote scripture. You got to say, listen, I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to speak life over my situation. I'm going to speak life over my boss. I'm going to speak life over my coworkers. I'm going to speak life over my finances. I am not going to stand here and go by what I see. I'm going to walk by faith and declare and decree that God. God is still God. He is not a man to lie, nor a son of man to repent. I'm going to speak his word. Remember when David saw Goliath, everybody was scared. Everybody was nervous. But David stood there. He said, watch y'all scared about what's going on. He saw Goliath. They both saw Goliath. David saw him. The army saw him. Two different reactions. The army was nervous. Oh, that big giant. He's talking about killing us. Everybody's seeing him. Everybody's hearing him, but two different reactions. David comes and he said, how dare you talk about my God? Ain't no way I'm going to stand in here and listen to that disgusting mouth of y'all. I'm going to come after you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to beat you down. I'm going to cut your head. And today, not next week, not next year, not next month, I'm going to come here and I'm going to beat you down. I'm going to cut your head out because how dare you speak about my God? He did not let fear come into his heart. Some of you are allowing fear to take over your life. Some of you are allowing the devil to come in your house and kick you upside your head. It's about time you stand up like David stood up and he said, Goliath, I'm going to cut your head off. Now watch this. He prophesied it. He prophesied it. He spoke it before it became a reality. He spoke it into existence. You got to stand up in the name of Jesus and you got to speak I'm going to get up and I'm going to own my own business. I'm going to get up and I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Whose report shall you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I don't care what the doctor says. I believe in the doctors that's above every doctor. I'm going to declare healing over my family. I'm going to declare restoration over my marriage. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to think like a victim. I'm going to think like a victor. Remember when Jesus, when he was in the boat and there was a storm, all the disciples started crying, ah, Master, Master, we're going to die. We're going to die. Jesus said, shut your mouth, calm down. He said, what y'all screaming about? Where's your faith? He stood up in the middle of the boat. He looked at the big waves. He looked at the big waves. He says, waves, calm down. Shit out, you're scaring my boys. He looked at the wind. He said, wind, calm down. You're scaring my boys. You got to speak life to your storm. You cannot allow your emotions to dictate what comes. 
comes out of your mouth. You've got to speak life. You've got to prophesy life. Enough is enough. Say, God, change my heart. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be in this hole no more. I want to get up in the name of Jesus. And I want to be a mature Christian. Lord, guard my mouth that everything that comes out of it is life, life, life. My dad, he was a pastor for many years. I remember living in the Bronx. My father had a really good job, good paying job. For many years he worked in this, in this warehouse in the factory making good money. I remember one day he comes home, my father, he, he's not an emotional type. He's very quiet, very mellow. He doesn't open his mouth much. Two things I learned from my dad that I adopted. A prayer life and faith. Man, my father had faith. Nothing disturbed him. Nothing worried him. This man didn't let nothing phase him. That's crazy. I want crazy faith. I'm my father. He comes home one day. Never forget this. And I used to always, always hear him in the morning. My father would pray loud. That's one thing he would do loud. Pray loud. Every morning he would be kneeling down in the living room. In Spanish. God. I speak over my children. I know they'll be pastors. I know they'll be preachers. God, watch over them. God, protect them. I declare your word over their life. This is when we were little kids. Today, today I'm a pastor. My brother is a pastor. My other brother is a pastor. Hallelujah. Praise God because he spoke life. He spoke life. He spoke life. Listen, I, 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 although I strayed away from, the, from God's ways and I got into drugs and doing things I shouldn't be doing, but still here I am standing. Remember one day he comes home. He sits down. He calls my mom, Malta. And I siéntate. He said, Mira, I lost my job. They closed the company. My mother started, I know, I know, I know, no, no. And like somebody died. The typical Puerto Rican woman, right? Did she went crazy? Her emotions go. And this is my father. And my mother's crying, ay, ay, no, que vamos a hacer, que vamos a hacer, que vamos a hacer, was five of us, los niños, and we love to eat. Los niños, los niños. And when I heard my mother crying, I Bobby, que pasó, que pasó? So I started getting scared looking at the reaction of my mother. Negative reaction is contagious. You got to be careful who you hang around with. I can't be hanging around negative people because I will, I will shut you down real quick. I will shut you down. You're not going to like me. But a real friend will tell you the truth and yet speak life to your future. A real friend will tell you the truth in your face but speak life to your future. You're going to be a, I'm going to be a good friend to you. Listen, my father was there. And I'm going, oh, ¿qué pasó, mami? Ay, tu papá perdió el trabajo, perdió el trabajo. Ay, ¿qué pasó? My father. I said, papi, ¿qué vamos a hacer? Papi, ¿qué vamos a hacer? Now forget this. He looks at me. And I got, he 
eyes. He put the hand on my head. And he starts singing. In, in English, we don't have all this. But in, in Spanish, it's an old school song. And they used to say, Ensalada de Coros. We have a mixture of different Spanish old school songs. And the only, there's only one that I can sing in English. And he looked at me. He put his hand on me. He said, son, he is all over me. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. He is all over me. He's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. He is all over me. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. He is all over me. He's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. Listen, there was something that my father understood. He understood the power of the tongue. He understood that God is still God. Regardless of the situation, he is still God. And he will protect his own. He has not called you this far to let you go. So if you're going through a struggle, if you're going through problems, I dare you to stop speaking negative. I dare you today, 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 today to say, devil, enough is enough. You had me once, you had me twice, but not today, devil, not today. I'm going to get up in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to sing. He is all over me. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. He's keeping me alive. There is purpose in your life. There is purpose in your trials. There is purpose in your pain. You got to speak life. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand why I'm suffering. I don't know why I'm losing my job. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. But I refuse to speak negative. I refuse to give in to my emotions. I'm going to stand up in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to declare and decree the word of God. I'm going to decree and declare that Jesus is still Lord over all. I refuse to be a victim. I refuse to give in to the emotions. I can't continue speaking negative. Everything that comes out of your mouth is poisoning you. Every time you speak negative, you're cursing you. Stop cursing. Stop cursing yourself. Stop cursing your future. Begin to speak life. The third pronouncement I'm closing that James makes about the tongue is the tongue is terribly inconsistent. He says, with the tongue we praise our Lord Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. How tragic it is that we can be using our tongue to praise God in worship. And 10 minutes later, we curse out the parking guys. Because they don't let you go out the way you want to go out. Listen, you sinner. And we curse them out. It's crazy how we can be here worship with our tongue and 10 minutes later we get in the car and we start arguing with our spouse. James says, brothers, sisters, this cannot be. This cannot be. 
10 minutes later, after we're worshiping God, we can be using our tongue to demoralize our child as we drive home in the car. Criticizing or even gossiping about another brother and sister in the church. Even worse, doing it in front of children. One thing I don't do, I've never discussed church business in front of my daughter. Ever. They're small children. They don't have the capacity to process certain words. I never speak anything, anything negative in front of my children. James says, brothers and sisters, this cannot be. This cannot be. Our tongues are terribly inconsistent. And James declares, my brothers, this should not be. Then he asks a couple of rhetorical questions. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Now, check this out. How do I transform? How do I change? Ariel, why? Why are we so inconsistent with our tongues? I'm glad you asked. I like this crowd. This crowd participates with questions. Thank you for asking. Thank you. I'm going to tell you why our tongues are so inconsistent. I'm going to tell you why. Well, not me. The Bible's going to tell you. Because the reality is, it's not really the tongue that's the problem. I'm going to share with you the problem. The problem is found in Matthew's chapter 12, verse 34. Now, let me give you the backstory. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are religious folks. They are Pharisees among us today. People who've been in church all their lives. They dress the part. They talk the part. They look the part but they're not living the part. If they're sitting next to you, please keep, keep looking straight. I don't want no problems here. Because Jesus even loves them. The problem is we need a heart transplant. Look what Matthew says. Look, look what Jesus tells them. Broad of vipers. Yo, Jesus did not hold back punches. He, he did not hold back. Jesus went straight to them. Broad of vipers. How can you, being evil, Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There it goes. That's why. That's your answer. It's not the tongue. It's a heart problem. And what we need today is we need a heart transplant. We need God to open us up. And that's the kind of God that we serve. That even today, he can still put you on a surgery table, open you up. Take out that filthy heart and give you his heart. Seal you back up and nobody even knows that you had a heart transplant. Once your heart changes, what comes out of your mouth changes. You want to know why I know when I'm hanging around people, how I know they have a heart problem, what comes out of their mouth. You can't have a good God-serving heart and then spewing poison. What comes out of your mouth is a direct reflection of the condition of your heart.
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what we need is a heart transplant. What we have here is we have two little baskets. You have one with clean water, one with filthy water. This is our hearts. When your heart is submerged in God's word, your heart becomes a sponge. And when people come to you with pain, with hurts, with problems, when people come to you crying, What's in your heart is going to be poured out to them. Living water. Living water. Church, we need more of this. Church, we need more hearts filled with God's word. Why? Because people are hurting. They're already coming from filth. So, so why? Why would they want more filth if they're already filthy? They don't want filth. What they need is living water. Church, we got to get our hearts right. We got to get our hearts right. Osceola County is counting on this. There are too many of us in church going through the motions. Church a long time and still at this level, James says, it cannot be. It cannot be. We got to get to this level. We have to get to this level. easy to go through the motions it's easy to go through the motions it's easy to fake the funk come to church try to impress people that's easy I've been there done that wore the t-shirt on the block there came a, a time in my life where I had to look myself in the mirror and say Ariel enough is enough there are too many people counting on you there are too many hurting people coming to you for advice. There are too many hurting people looking up to you. Ariel, enough is enough is enough. Get your heart right. Stop playing church. You want to know why I know that God changed my heart? Here's the evidence. When somebody that I know has said terrible things about me behind my back to other people, and I know they, I have evidence that they have, and yet I can see them anywhere and say, hey, brother, God bless you, man. And then I hold their hand and I look at them straight in the eye because I know, but they don't know that I know. I hold their hand, I look straight in the eye, and I tell them, brother, I love you. 
That's when I know I have a heart transplant. I don't hold grudges. I don't curse. You can't curse those who curse you. You got to bless those who curse you. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you here today, you've been hurt. You've been hurt by some words. You're victims of some words. And you haven't healed yet. You've been in church a long time. You know who you are. The Holy Spirit is in this place right now. And the Holy Spirit is going to open you up. There's going to be surgery done today, today, today. Today there's going to be surgery in this altar.